You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome everyone to the PJ's cast. I'm your host, Pierce, alongside of my good pal, uh, Schmitty, but uh, I have no Jimmy today, which is funny because he was the one who said that uh, he wanted to record the uh, podcast after the uh, Blackhawks Red Wings preseason game, but uh, of course we got no answers from him, so it's just the uh, two of us tall kings here. So um, I wrote down some notes from the game. I don't know if you did, but uh, let's go through that. What were your main takeaways from that game? Uh, five on five, they looked at- the Blackhawks looked extremely good and they've looked good the last two games I want to say I went to the game Friday against the Blues they didn't look that good five on five they kind of got trounced but Saturday against the Blues from like the times I checked in they looked really good five on five and tonight against the Red Wings they were perfect five on five I'd say um Obviously, the penalty kill is going to be a problem. I don't like the way they're set up right now. I think they're almost too aggressive on the penalty kill, and I think you brought it up in the group chat. There's just too much room in the slot right now. Um, besides that, I really like Brandon Hagel's line, and if he and Entwistle have that chemistry, Entwistle could easily slide into that like maybe extra forward role on the team because he's he's really showed out in camp and. I, I'm glad I'm not Jeremy Carlton because he's going to have some tough roster decisions to make in the coming days. That's for sure. Yeah, and we'll talk about that. But the two big standouts to me were you brought up Brendan Hagel, but also Mark Andre Fleury. Overall, he had a he stopped 36 of 40 shots. And when you just look up, up at the fact that they gave up uh, four goals on on the penalty kill, but he still finished with a 900 save percentage, it showed how well he played. He stopped all 26 shots at even strength, including that one in the final couple of minutes where he just absolutely robbed Robbie Favre. Yeah, and it's so funny because uh, Pius Suter was playing and it seemed like he had so many good chances, but he had like a couple of open nets, but he couldn't score. I kind of found that funny. And I'm pretty sure he was the one uh, who like lost coverage on Kershaw or something like that. That's what Jimmy brought up at least. I, I yeah, don't remember it that goal. much. Yeah, um, but yeah, I thought that that, that was interesting. Um, uh, Jonathan Taze looked good as well. Uh, three primary assists. It's, it's good to see him. 
um, going again because there were some doubts whether or not he'd be good to go. Um, I don't know if he's at fully at 100%, but he certainly looks good enough to be in the starting lineup, which is very good news considering where he was at even just a few months ago. Um, 100%. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> on to Seth Jones. There were some moments where I'm like, okay, that's a that's a good breakout pass, you know. But then there's sometimes it's like, what the what the hell are you doing? Because you just throw the puck. There was that one turnover right in front of Flurry, um, and then there's some outlet passes. I'm like, okay, that's not bad. Like he was just so he was just so hit or miss. And I know you can't look too much in the preseason. Like it's it's kind of whatever. But you you need guys like Seth Jones to step up. Good guys who had bad seasons last year and need something to prove you need to like at least be decent in uh preseason and again it's not it's not the regular season i'm not going to judge too terribly but seth jones hasn't looked great if anything i've been more impressed with caleb jones i thought he was great tonight and (laughs) there's a couple of times where he'd fling the puck up the ice and like into the red wing zone and brandon hagel would go after and chase for it which i loved it's so so funny because brandon hagel i thought he was the best player on the ice for either side him and flurry um he won like nine out of ten foot races and it's just so awesome and refreshing to see even in a preseason game this guy's giving 200 percent. and him and and the whistle had great chemistry and you you brought up before there's going to be a lot of tough decisions with that forward core but i think hagel and and whistle I think they should give that a look. I don't know about you. 100%. I mean, you could – that the center on that line could be anything. I mean, I like Gaudet as the center on that line in this game. I thought that was very good. You could always throw a guy like Kara with them one game. Like, that could be a great line, I think, if or you put Borgstrom. Kara. Orkstrom, Carpenter. Like, that's a line where you could basically throw any center. Even Doc. Honestly, Doc with them might be great because Doc and Hagel got pretty good chemistry. Um, I, I really am starting to wonder how these are going to sh- – like. Because I feel like in the next couple of days, we're going to have to see people getting sent down soon enough. Like the, the roster's too big right now. And I just, I'm very curious to see who's going to have to go through waivers. Cause as of right now, I think Alex Nylander is going to have to go through waivers. I don't, I don't see a world where he's on this roster opening night. Honestly, I think it would do him a favor if he got put on waivers and someone claimed him. He'd probably actually get a legitimate chance, but I just don't think he's going to get it on this team anymore. There are just, there's guys who just bring like, how do I say this? They bring something different than he brings. There are a lot of guys who bring what Alex Nylander brings on this team, but you don't have a lot of guys like Hagel or Kara or, you know, Whistle, the energy that Gaudet Hardman, brings. Yeah. Yeah. Hardman, like Entwistle, Carpenter with his like penalty killing and defensive skills. Like there's just, they need utility players and he's, unless he becomes a utility player, which that's, there's no doubt in my, like he could still could. I just, I just don't see it happening. And I know this kind of segues into what you were talking, you want to talk about, but I still see a world where Dylan Strom's on this roster. At least everyone said, oh, has he been a ghost when he's on the ice every night? I was at the game Friday in person and his line had the best possession stats. And they had the, they were the only line against the blues that actually consistently had the puck in their end. And I, I, the stats don't lie with Dylan Strom when he gets his chances. I mean, he's still fourth on the team in points per 60 or something like that. Um, with like 2.2, I think only like Taves, Kane, and Kubelik are higher than him. He's higher than Debrinket, which is crazy. Um, but I think, uh, I, I don't know if you read the athletic article that came out like a couple hours ago about, um, kind of like their power rankings of the forwards, oh, yeah. but they were saying a lot of like, I, they could see Strom on the wing with doc or maybe, I mean, barring, like, I kind of like the fourth line he was on with Carpenter and, um, 
I forget who the other winger was on that line. It, it wasn't anyone who you would like immediately think of, but they got good possession numbers. And if he gets chemistry with Carpenter, that could work as a bottom six role. I just don't think he's, unless he earns it, he's not getting back in that top six. There's just no way. Yeah. Again, opinion. that was, that was the first preseason game I've watched. So I don't know how these got kind of these fringe players have been like Stroman mm-hmm. Nylander. And those kind of seem to be the guys on the outside looking in, at least from what I've seen, because uh, I saw like an article from Ben Pump that uh, like he's kind of in the doghouse of Jeremy Carlton. And I still think that Dylan Strom could be good on this team. It's just a matter of if the management thinks the same. And I don't know if they do. And there's just, it seems like there's so many guys that uh, that are coming in that are really making a name for themselves. Like Mackenzie Intwistle, I, I think he, he's a fine player, but I didn't expect him uh, to be this good um in training camp like i thought he would be someone who goes plays in rockford and then comes up and makes a kind of an impact uh midway during the season and when injuries happen and all that but um another ben pope tweet front of the show um i saw him and agle were just dominating like the the shots and goal on the ice obviously they outscored them two to nothing and you just look at that uh like no, I'm not going to bring up Dylan Strom, but like Alex Nylander, does he bring that? No, and obviously he had a year off, but I, like like you said, I think it's a good thing that he could go on waivers because, one, he's either going to get picked up by a team or, two, he's going to get some time playing in Rockford, probably playing on the first line to help get his confidence back. So I totally agree with that, but there's going to there's gonna be a hard decision to be made, and I wonder if there's potentially a trade uh, with Dylan Strom, I I was listening to Elliot Freeman, and apparently they did look at trading them this uh, Dylan Strom this offseason, but they just there wasn't There's a return. Serious. Yeah, um, well, they think they can get an actual return for Dylan Strom, and in my opinion, at this point, this is not going to be a trade you win. You're going to have to get no. rid of him strictly for one salary reasons too, because you, you you can't have a player like Dylan Strom sitting in the press box every night. That makes no sense. That's not how you're going to get his value up. That's why I feel like you have to at least give him one more chance to start the season strictly for trade value reasons. Cause his trade value isn't as high as it was a couple years ago, but I mean, who knows, maybe he just gets chemistry with someone and that's all it takes with Strom. Usually when Strom gets chemistry with someone like Kane or DeBrinket, or I know at times he had chemistry with Nylander, like at the end of the 2019, 2020 season, like, he, he gets hot, and that's just kind of the way it is with Strom. So that's why I feel like Strom gets a little more leeway than Nylander. Also, he's oh, 50 points in 57 yeah. games. Like, he had 38 points in some – I think it was like 52 games the year before that. Like, I feel like Dylan Strom is still a good player on this team. Yeah. You just have to find the spot where he fits in best. And, I mean – Maybe there's a time where Tyler Johnson's not the center on that line anymore and you just go full offense and throw Strom with Kane and Dabrinkit again. Because, I mean, they've shown time and time again, like, yeah, that line's not great defensively, but puts up points. So, But I don't think Johnson's going anywhere. He's earned that spot, and he's no. looked great. And I, He looked great in the preseason game I saw in person, and he looked great tonight from what I saw. And the one thing the Hawks look like they're going to have a strength in this year, which I love, is the faceoffs because – Another thing with Dylan Strome that people don't like to talk about was he was perfect in the face-off dot on Friday night. He's been very good on face-offs. This Apparently, juggling has helped with that. Yeah, <laughs> the juggling. But, like, guys like him and Borgstrom can win face-offs, and that's a way you make this hockey team. Because, I mean, who knows? Maybe Doc plays wing this year because he can't win face-offs. Like, Doc's still a hell of a player. He's still going to be a good forward. But you could throw him on the wing in situations if you need to win face-offs. So, I feel like utility is definitely going to be a key to making this roster. That's versatility, for sure. utility, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And again, Dylan Strom, I think he he could still be a great player on the Blackhawks. It's just I I don't know if this management 
this management yeah. group thinks the you gotta same. get out of the doghouse yeah but it should or get off the pot don't scratch him one game and then player play him the other either you play him or treat him you know yeah this is on jeremy Carlton too you can't be flip the one thing with dylan strome too is he's best with consistency and all last year he had a revolving door on his wings so if you're going to give him a chance give him like 12 games with his line mates and if he stinks it's kind of like nick schmaltz a couple years ago yeah start looking for trades yeah but like you said, you can't play him one night and then put him on the bench the next night. That's not how you're going to get product one production out of Strom, and two, that's not how you're going to get a straight value up. Because if that's the case, like you said from Frege, that they didn't see the return they wanted, then who knows? But I, it's also I feel like another thing with Strom is his cap too. Just there's a lot like we talked about. There's just so many cap strapped teams, and I mean. I would see a world like where a Buffalo would just take a swing on him, but also Apparently like, they were would... interested in him in like a couple of years ago. I think it was, mm-hmm. it, it, but it comes down to, do they want to give up any assets at this point? So it, Buffalo is definitely going to be one of those teams where if we put someone on waivers, that shouldn't be on waivers. They're getting claimed because Can you I, imagine it, if they claimed Elon. <laughs> that'd be really funny. That would be really funny actually. But like from what it sounds like, they're really scared to put Borstrom on waivers, and I would too. He he would I get would claimed too. in a heartbeat. I think he's. I think he looked great this game. Godet would get claimed in a heartbeat. I honestly think Carroll would get claimed. Um, Carpenter probably not, but like you never know with a player like him. Like Conley, I think's your only lock that's going to get through waivers. If we're being honest, yeah, like, no. that's the thing. I don't think Even I- guys like carpenter and stuff like what teams can have the room or the cap space to do it so i'm not necessarily too worried about waivers you know if we lose someone it kind of is what it is but again you kind of free up that space get the the forward spot so uh, i don't I just know hope it's not borstrom or no godette because it's one of those has... yeah because yeah. borstrom was the the main trade piece and that that the Connolly deal that, that's the reason why you took Connolly's deal on and you're just gonna put him through waivers and you sign him to a contract where he's making a million dollars. I that doesn't make sense no. to me. And he's earned a spot on this team, I think. He's looked great five on five and he's won he's won the majority of his faceoffs, which I think is a huge key if he wants to be a fourth liner on this team. So I think a fourth line role, third line role is where he's gonna end up being on this team. Unless he earns his way to a spot on Taves' wing or you know, centers cane. Like I, that's the thing with, with these guys. Like if you earn the spot, you will get put in the top six. Carlton has shown that time and time again. Fuck, John Quinville earned his way onto the top six one time. Like <laughs> didn't score any points, but just Jeremy Carlton liked him. So like it, you know, just I'm, I'm curious to see. Like, I feel like defense is starting to be a little more like solid out. I think Riley Stillman's going to end up being the seven on this team. I do too. I, mean, I think I thought Caleb Jones would be the seventh, but I've been really impressed by no, Caleb, Caleb Jones. Jones. Caleb Jones has been the best out of those three, I think, of him, Kalanuck, and um, Stillman. Like, Kalanuck's been good, but just Caleb, Caleb Jones is noticeably good in the offensive zone. And I saw I got a look on the power play tonight, which I like a lot. Um, he's looked better than his brother. Oh so no, he far. has looked better than his brother. He he scored a goal at the game I was at. Great backdoor play. Like I mean, great pass by the Brinket. But um, I mean, that's how you're going to make this team. You you just need to be active in your own end and contribute offensively. And I feel like Caleb Jones was doing everything he in his power to at least be a five on the five six on this team. Yeah, he could work his way into the top four. Sorry. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say I'd, I'm not a huge fan of McCabe and Murphy or McCabe and Jones. Sorry, I thought Dehan and Murphy was fine, but I think they should switch uh, Dehan and McCabe around. I think McCabe would be better with Murphy, and 
They you just tried to Hano Jones or whatever, or even like Kalanuk or hell, even put the two brothers together. I just don't know I, if McCabe and Jones going to work. I, I feel like they're putting McCabe with Jones right now because they want to give him like a safe option that can also skate. Because I, 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 the one thing I've noticed from McCabe in the games I've watched is he's smooth with the puck. And that is something this team has lacked on this back end for a long time. It's not like he's handling a hand grenade every time the puck's in his hands. <laughs> it off. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's not he's not afraid to, you know, maybe jump in on the rush enough just to get the puck in his own. He's not afraid to take the puck all the way up to past the uh, faceoff dot sometimes if it means he can create a scoring chance and he always ends up finding a way to get back. Like, man, if Jake McCabe can stay healthy, he he very much has potential to be at least the Blackhawks, like, top two defensive defenseman behind Murphy. Like, yeah. Oh, and one thing I got to see with McCabe and Murphy too is I haven't seen that chemistry yet, and they were on the ice on those penalty kills a lot. So I think defensive chemistry is really going to have to become a thing with this team. Yeah, because- I remember there was one play I forget who was on Detroit, but they both both uh, McCabe and Jones backed off and they gave they gave the player the wide open option. He didn't do anything. I think it was Carter Rennie, so he didn't do yeah, anything with just- it. But I'm like, there's got to like again, you they got to build the chemistry. And all that, that comes stuff. With time, though, There's gotta so. be the communication. Yeah, again, I, I don't want to read too much into it because no, yeah. it's a, it's a preseason game. But like, I feel like in a preseason game, if something is so outrageously good, then uh, you you know that's a positive. But if something is so outrageously bad, that's also negative. So obviously, yeah. the penalty kill, they definitely have to work on that. But yeah. other than that, but, I thought I thought Flurry was good. Um, obviously, again, Hagel was good. Most of the forwards are good. Like uh, Taze, mm-hmm. I thought looked good as well. Like and Whistle really looked good. It was mostly positives, but it's discipline too. Yeah, like this team needs to be disciplined. They can't be taking as many penalties as they were. No, especially when you're going to be in a division with Colorado. <laughs> oh boy, like it's going to be a fun opening night next week. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, also like I feel like one giant positive from all the games. Like I've caught a little bit of each game. Uh, that was the first game I've watched in whole. I haven't been able to watch the other games. I've caught tonight. bits and pieces of the other three. I mean, I saw the whole second one, obviously, but mm-hmm. the other two I didn't. I caught bits and pieces of. And for what it sounds like, the Hawks have been very good five on five and getting offensive zone time and holding oh, the puck more than they they're used to battling be. for pucks. They're actually moving around the zone. I, that's what I liked about the power play. I thought power they did a really good job because when you look at top teams like Colorado and Tampa on the power play, the reason why they're so successful because they're just constantly moving around the zone. You're having to figure out which player you want to cover. Like you're just creating so much confusion and. I, I really liked uh like I really liked where Taze was playing and Johnson in that that like right in front of the, in the slot area like I think that's going to be good for them. Mm-hmm. Tyler Johnson in the bumpers. I've been preaching for it for I've been preaching forever for the Hawks to get a guy before we got him. Yeah. yeah, and Tyler Johnson is already showing it. Like the pass he made to DeBrinket against the Blues on Friday was a great touch pass, like from the slot from Kane like tic-tac-toe uh the goal he had like he's going to be scoring a lot of those goals this year that he scored tonight which is just rebound in front of the net go get the garbage like like i think kirby doc said it in an interview today that like he's five nine but he doesn't play like he's five nine like so and he's and the guy's tough as nails he knows how to tip pucks like i i I don't want to go out of over the top but i feel like he's at least a lock for 20 goals this year on this team oh i I think he's gonna bounce back 
And yeah, what I like what what he said about the Hawks is that he didn't hold back. Remember that quote where he was talking about playing the Blackhawks last year? Yeah, they were skilled, but they didn't have enough sandpaper, or something like that. And I yeah, I like that. You know, yeah, they need more grit. And Tyler Johnson's gonna create that. You know, again, he's not the biggest guy, but he's gonna yeah. go into the into the uh, nitty gritty areas, and he's gonna bang in pucks. And the Blackhawks need that That's kind true. of net front presence, guys. That are just gonna go in and get those greasy garbage goals, as they'd say. Yeah, that's why I feel like guys like Borkstrom have a huge uh, upper hand on a lot of guys because they in Godet, so go to those dirty areas and go get those pucks and go to the front of the net. Because for the longest, for the last couple of years, the Hawks have either just had guys who can't handle the puck or just perimeter players, and you can only win with so many perimeter players. And we see it with the teams around the league all the time. Toronto. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it, but <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I just really intrigued. I want to see them against actual like because now they're starting to play a full lineup more. I want to see them I against like. Minnesota. Exactly. I want to because apparently them. they're playing their top players as well. Yeah, I want to see Rossi and Boldy go up against Seth Jones because Lucas Raymond took Seth Jones for a walk today. Oh so. yeah, Lucas uh, going to <laughs> Detroit side. Good, I thought Lucas Raymond was great. Like, yeah, it was mostly on the power play, but still, man, like he's got he's got to make 18, that roster. Like yeah, that's what it's gonna be when you're a 19 year old. Mm-hmm. Like when you got like. Let's put it this way: When you, when was Patrick Kane great? When he was on the ice, when he was young, on the power play, he was fantastic. Like you got to give him a young. chance. You got to give him some confidence, you know. Especially and hopefully, on that team. Like, yeah. And biggest key to that too that we didn't, we didn't even talk about, but since Ron is out for four months, that's since last for that's months, right. Last podcast yeah. we missed it by like fifteen oh my minutes. Oh that that's right. And we were gonna we were going through breakout surgery. players oh. and. <laughs> We're, yeah, we're going through breakout players, and we didn't even bring up Jacob Verona, and we're just about to. And then, like right after we ended the podcast, it says Jacob front and that's awful. By the way, I thought he was gonna have a great, a great, like a really good year with Detroit, but hey, um, I think I think Lucas Raymond should make that team. And it, it was funny seeing the Red Wings sign go crazy about it because part of me was like, yeah, but Seth Jones is on the ice for that. But also, like that guy's got skill. Oh yeah, they got skill. Him and Cider, skill. like I think. Cider's oh, side, that, that shot by Cider on the power play was beautiful. Like that's. That's the kind of shot that keeps you in the league for a long time right there. And yeah, Cider's a big kid too. I, I knew he was big, but like he already looks conditioned for the NHL. He I looks mean, like he an showed. NHL player. And the funny exactly. thing is, is he's like, he's physically mature. He just doesn't like how much offense does he have? And he's got a shot. So yeah, that shot is, wow. That was great. Like I saw that goal and I was like, Oh yeah, that's Cider. Okay. <laughs> that makes more sense. That's definitely not Nick Letty. <laughs> And I know we're trying. We have <laughs> Nick Letty. That's right. But remember, it was so funny. I saw Taves. Like, it Letty turn over the puck to Taves. And I'm like, ah, yes. <laughs> um, but kind of from Detroit's end. Sorry, Detroit's end of things. I just wanted to say, like, I think for the first time in like probably five years, they actually have some optimism with that team. And I thought you were about to say offense. I was oh like, yeah, yeah well, well that too. Offense. Yeah, that too. Um, oh, yeah, I was listening to the interview with you and Brad Crisco and it was, it was interesting hearing that, like that first line, it could be, I don't know, Bertuzzi, Larkin and, uh, and Raymond. Oh, so you get slot Raymond in there. Yeah. I was about yeah. To say. Um, and then that, that second line was the golf line of, uh, uh, Fabry, oh, uh, Suter and, uh, no, that was, was Bertuzzi on the second? I don't know. Well, it was Fabry. Bertuzzi's on the second line with yeah, Suter and yeah. uh, Fabry. And then it's, a, and then it's Zadina, Larkin, and Raymond. That's, yeah, that's yeah. You could do worse than Still, that. Still, like, know? that's insane. No, like, that's a nice yeah. top six. And no. Especially like, Vrana out. Like, you could do Oh, yeah. Worse. And from what everything Brad said, it sounds like Zadina's, like, right here ready to break out. Like, all he just needs is pucks. That's, on the, the that's another guy we could have, like, been like, oh, that's the breakout guy. 
Yeah, honestly. Especially now with Rana being out. Yeah. And like their defense is still man, like Nick Letty's gonna be their their, their top guy. I think they're gonna get decent yeah. goaltending from Dovgood. Like they're still gonna be bottom at the division, which we're gonna get into later, but hey I mean uh, can't be worse than Buffalo. No, 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 no. Um Buffalo got killed by Columbus today. I saw that. And uh the thing we need Detroit to be good, you know. Like when when mm. Detroit is good, that's good for the NHL. But uh, oh yeah, no, no enough uh, praise about them. Also, um, speaking or going tra- backtracking a little bit about Caleb Jones, have you seen what Duncan Keith's been up to tonight? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw. Oh, I forget who it was, I but you, uh, Dunks, but, oh, man. <laughs> I saw. Oh man, he's he's having he's having a quite a week there yet yeah, with all with everything that's yeah. been happening. But I saw this tweet where it was Ben Pope saying it was Duncan Keith talking like we're I'm, we'll see where I am if I'm step a step behind or not. And there was a so, uh, someone I forget who it was an Oilers fan quote tweeted it with like him just being like burnt by I forget who it was, but I don't know. But it was um, just on like he was like goal. so behind, almost yeah. kind of like For Seth Jones goal. on that Robert Thomas breakaway. <laughs> oh my god. Man. I felt bad for Seth Jones too that game because like he stopped the puck off the goal line in the first period on the penalty kill and I was like oh shit Seth I see you I see you but then he was on the ice for four goals at like so it's like, like okay he makes <laughs> one good play and then you're like okay okay and then he makes a bad play like what are, what are you doing man come on you're better than yeah. this but I, I don't like, want to go I don't want to go on it's preseason nah, like I don't I just. Seth Jones would get better with time, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Or at least be more serviceable with time. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I realized tonight, at least, he just needs to slow the game down a little more. Like, when the game, when he takes the puck and he just holds it for a second, collects his options, lets everyone get set up, he's not bad. He, he's he good in the, the right offensive pass. zone. There's one play mm-hmm. where he drove to the net. There's, like, a good chance he had. Like, I thought he was good in all, the offensive zone. And he's going to get points. It's just... Yeah. Defensively, it's just the awareness, I feel like. I don't know. Like, I just feel like he's not looking around as much, but I could be totally wrong. It's just what I see. up. It's just what my pea brain sees up in the box, so <laughs> <laughs> in my, on my monitor, so. <laughs> That's the interesting thing of being a hockey fan. It's like, yeah, you want to look but at game by game, but you also have to view the big picture. You always got to balance that. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. But yeah, I'm 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 just ready for the season to start because obviously opening night against Colorado, that's going to be tough. But then you're on the road against New Jersey and Pittsburgh, which I think they got good chances. And I think like I brought this up before, but they need to get off to a good start because under Colleton, like those years were, you know, there's a couple they had these like runs kind of in the middle of the year. It's like, hey, maybe the Blackhawks will actually make the playoffs, and then they just run out of gas, like. It's because they're they're behind all the time and they can never yeah. catch up. Like if they get off to a good start, and the thing is, they had a good start last year. They just didn't have that the team, but now they do. So uh, okay, when I say good start, they started zero four last year. So yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, like, I should say right I should say first there. half. Yeah, but yeah, because um, like. I- Man, those first like twelve games. <laughs> yeah, those first twelve games, you better come out. Like it, it cannot be 2019, 2020 again, where you win two games in the month of October. That oh cannot happen again. Or when they lost that to literally cannot happen again. In the Czech Republic. Lost Philadelphia, got literally ass waxed by Carolina, and I had to fucking pay money to go to that game Ooh, and they lost boy. four nothing. That was stupid. Uh and then everyone got hyped because they beat the Kings five one the next night. And I was like, You guys are so bad. fucking Jesus kings, Christ. man. It's the kings. So bad. Like honestly, and then they like, oh man, they lost so many dumb games that year. Holy crap! And I just 
I'm yeah, like you said, just get the regular season started. Like we've been saying this for like a month and a half now. Like, let's just go. Like this is I'm pretty sure, like I did the math, this is gonna be my 15th season of watching the Blackhawks now. It's when you've been watching it for that long, even like the regular season, you're like, there's like the beginning of it is exciting and the ending of it is exciting, but then like kind of in that January. You're like, oh god, can it just be the playoffs already? But then the games get more meaningful and stuff. And yeah. well, with the Hawks the last few years, every like January is where it gets interesting because that like, is true. We yeah. can't lose any more games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just really hoping for good health this year. That's the key. Uh, that's a, this that's team a can stay support. healthy. Yeah, that's gonna be huge. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Um. So, uh, the next topic, uh, so Quinn and Hughes and, uh, Elias Patterson signed their, uh, contracts. Finally, I believe Brady Kachuk's like the only RFA that isn't signed. I'm pretty sure there's two guys on the Islanders that aren't signed. Uh, I think one of them is Kiefer Bellis, but knowing the Lou Lamorello, he probably already signed them, but just hasn't said anything about it. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I like the Quinn Hughes per contract because Hey, you got him for six years. You got him for a million dollars less than Makar. Makar is better, but I don't think it's by that much. So I think that was a good contract. The Patterson one is interesting because that's only three years, and that's oh boy, that's gonna be interesting did after you, that. Did you see the minimum offer on the next contract? Wasn't it like ten and a half? Yeah, I was gonna say, isn't it like ten at least ten million? That's mm-hmm. gonna be interesting. That's the thing with these bridge deals people don't realize is they put the next thing on the contract where it has to be a minimum of this. Like to break it as a minimum of a nine on the next contract, which is fine. I, he's going to worth it. Yeah, exactly. But like Braden point had that in his contract. Like there, a bunch of these guys who are taking bridges have like a clause in them basically where it's like, okay, yeah, I'll take a pay cut now, but you're paying me down the road, which I think is good because that's like basically showing more security in a way almost. It's like, oh, we're not going to sign you this long-term deal now, but we'll wait. Because, like, honestly, in Vancouver's way, that could work out. Because three years down the line, I feel like they'll have way more contracts up. The cap will be going up. Maybe you can actually well, At least that's Patterson. the hope. You never know. That's Jim the Benny. hope. Or they could just stink <laughs> and they trade him in two years. Who knows? But, um, yeah. It, you better hope Patterson doesn't, like, become – I mean, obviously, they would hope that he becomes, like, an Art Ross winner, but – Oh baby, if he can oh, smoke baby. easily, at, like you better hope the forward co- the forward market doesn't go up in those next three years, and I think it will because I'm pretty sure Patterson's at the same year as Matthews. So, oh my God, that's right. that's gonna be a problem. That's gonna be an effing problem. He's up the same year as Matthews, and I want to say he's up a year before McDavid. Maybe. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the same thing with Brady Kachuk. Apparently, Ottawa wants to go long term with him, but he wants a bridge deal. Which again, I don't blame him. Uh, Money. You you look at and that right now the cap isn't going to go out go up much, but hopefully in a few years at least it'll start going up like one or two million per year with the it's new going up TV a mil next deal. Year. Yeah, well that's good. Um, yeah, it's not going to go up much in the next two or three years, but after that, hopefully that's when it starts like uh, going up and. And that's when most of these players, that's like, that's the hope that these players are going to cash in after that. Yeah. And with Brady Kachuk too, he's got his brother, like who went through all this contract stuff too. Like I'm pretty sure Matthew took a bridge too. He knew that mm-hmm. he could make more money if he just bets on himself. And if I'm Brady Kachuk, if they're offering, like, obviously I don't know what Ottawa's exactly offering Brady Kachuk, but I think it was like eight times eight. I think it's like, the okay, you should be taking that with a smile on your face. Cause I'm, 
if I'm Brady Kachuk, what's his career high in points? Like, obviously, he's not played a full, full season. No, I think it's like 40-something points. 40-something, yeah. Like, dude, that, you take the money if that's the case. Because who knows what – like, especially with a player like Kachuk, you don't know how long your body's going to hold up. Especially and I feel the like that's the players, yeah. That's the biggest problem with players like him because as much as no one wants to admit it, there was a time where Milan Lucic was one of the most dangerous power forwards in hockey because he was so fucking good. But that body can only last so long when you play that way. And that's what I fear with the player like Brady Kachuk because he's so much fun to watch. It's just, man, it's, I hate thinking like this because like, but like this is the kind of way you got to think when you sign these contracts, one bad injury and who knows, like, with, with a player like that, like you play a certain style. It's not like Kane where he kind of protects his body and stuff. Like he's throwing his body around almost as much as anyone. I don't know. I, I obviously that's just like the super concern side of me, but this this deal should be getting done within the next week. I would think knowing our podcast, like I'm going to go up. Oh, it's going to, it's going to break out like uh, <laughs> at midnight. Pierre Dorian's going to have like a 6 a.m. Yeah. press release. I'm going to be like, why? Okay. I'm pretty sure they hired Pierre Maguire at like six in the morning. So <laughs> it's not, it's not God out of the question it. that they do the God same. It. Oh my gosh. I, I hope they can get it done though, because if Kachuk's on this team night one, I'm very excited to see what Ottawa does. Cause like, like, like we talked about, do not think Matt Murray can be as bad as he was. They got a lot of youth in that team right now. And I mean, Josh Norris, Tim shoot. Like you just go on and on. They have so many nice young pieces. And again, 100%. we're going to get into that with the Atlantic uh, division mm-hmm. um, preview. We're also going to do the Metropolitan. Uh, <laughs> we were kind of talking about uh, Keith and Cece earlier. Do you, have you seen a uh, Brendan Perlini going off like Ty Ratty did a few couple I, of years ago? <laughs> I literally have made the joke to my entire friends and family. I'm like, Oh, have you guys seen Brendan Perlini's on his yearly 10 number 42. Yeah. Like he did it with the Hawks one time. He, he got eight it. goals in six games. I remember that. Cause I think he it's had like, like a 10, it's like a 10 game bender. That's all he does. And then he's done. Like <laughs> I remember it was like against Montreal. He had two goals and there was the only two goals in Crawford at like a 40 save shot. <laughs> and I was in there. Kings, he had a hat trick against Coyotes. Yeah. I was at that and, game. That and that was fun. like crazy. It was that crazy run they had in 2019 where it's like, all right, they're going to make the playoffs. And I remember that. That run was the best worst thing that could ever happen to him because, like, we could have got so much of the deadline, but we also got Kirby Doc. Uh, exactly. Stupid draft lottery. So, mm-hmm. who knows? Like, uh, whatever. That, that was just, like, that year was actually an acid trip. Like, what the hell? Like, mm, the first yeah. year was just, like, terrible, and then the second half, it was, like, super fucking good, and then all of a sudden, it's just like, okay. Now it was a roller coaster. Back down to Earth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely a roller coaster. Like, Jesus. Um, so they named three players to the team Canada Olympic roster of uh, Crosby, McDavid, Petrangelo, which makes sense because I think it's Doug Armstrong who's the GM, so obviously he's gonna pick his guy Petrangelo, even though he let him go. And of course, Crosby, McDavid, the locks, and those guys are probably gonna be three alternate captains, I'd say, alongside of uh Patrice Bergeron, but yeah, but I want to get into this. This was interesting. Uh, Robin Leonard just went the fuck off on Twitter. Um, I don't know what 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 your opinions are on that because I, I personally I love it because there's been so many things in hockey recently where it's like it's so much same old same old nothing changes and it's so nice to it's so refreshing to hear someone speak out against what all the wrong things happening in NHL in the NHL and just hockey in general so it's so refreshing to hear that and everyone being like Robin oh Robin Lanner blah blah blah, blah what what does it matter well he's 
it's one thing for a, like a former enforcer who played in the league like 20 years ago to come and say this, but it's one, it's another thing for someone who's one of the best goalies in the NHL to come out and say this. It's And on top of that, this is someone who has been in that organization, had injuries in that organization and has dealt with that medical staff before. That is the biggest key in this entire situation. I feel like, because I mean, any Joe, like, like, you know, like you said, Tom Sestito saying something, it's like, okay, yeah, that like, we're all going to take that into account clearly, but someone, like you said, still in the league, willing to put their career potentially on the line. Cause the NHL usually doesn't fuck around with this shit. No. Um, They're very status quo. Like they like to keep things quiet as we've seen with everything. Yep. But um, yeah, it's, I love everything that he's done the last couple of days. And then he'll just be like, Oh, I'm done for the day. And he's like, and another thing. Yeah. <laughs> he comes back like six hours later and I'm just like, oh man, they, Leonard is doing the players, I feel like a lot more good than bad because if anything, he's just trying to get even more attention on the Jack Eichel situation because like the stuff that he was posting about his ankle and stuff that it's fucking insane. Like, I'm sorry. I don't get how some medical staff can do some stuff like that and be like, oh yeah, that's fine. It's beyond me, man. But uh, I, I love everything he's doing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get too deep into it because like there's just, it just seems like there's so it always seems like there's negativity and toxicity around hockey. But it's it's nice to see someone speaking out. And again, it's the NHL. It's going to be very quiet about it. But hopefully, maybe a, another player speaks up. You know, like it's just it's so nice to see someone stepping up and like talking out against how a lot a lot of the time this league is wrong about things and how they treat their players, how just everything about that. So. Oh, I fucking love Robin. We we don't deserve a man. He's, he's, he's so great. Um, and what I fucking think is hilarious about Leonard is people in Vegas hate him for some reason. I'm just like, it's because he isn't flurry, which, oh, it's whatever. Like, whatever. Planner could dead ass one of Vezina this year. I was going to say, like, just let, just like, just let it, let, let his, his play speak for himself. Like, he's a good guy. Like, I, I don't know why Vegas doesn't like, like him because. I guess he has a Mark Andre Fleur, but he, you know, he's not here anymore. Like, I literally gonna... think I feel like also it's just people have this like, it's not, what's the opposite of like revisionist history, where like you can't look past the past because I feel like that's how people are with Leonard still. Oh, they still see this guy yeah. who was a fucking hothead in like Buffalo and Ottawa had a Trump bridges. sticker on his mask. Like Th- that's all they as see. If people at the can't change. Like oh my fucking god, bro, and like the. <laughs> I'm sorry, the Trump thing's always the most funny thing to me because, like, all these, like, 15-year-olds get pissed, and I'm like, oh, honey, if you only saw um, your favorite player. I'm sorry. Likes. Exactly. <laughs> like, I am not a Trump supporter. this league is like that. <laughs> I am not a Trump supporter by any means, but, like, goddamn, you're, like... I'm I, not blind. Let's yeah. just put it that way. Like, look at who was Rich in Rich white sport. hockey men yeah. want to support the thing that doesn't take a lot of money from them. Mm-hmm, hmm, exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, I just, that's always the funniest thing to me when people go after like Leonard and I'm just like, and it's always like, you know, it's always like the same. Group of <laughs> he's clearly said, he's like, that was in a different time in my life. I don't support him anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah, like it's a complete, like, it's crazy how time can actually, you know, change a person. It's not like everyone has the same fucking morals their entire life. Mm-hmm. And if you do, then, you know, I don't know what to tell you. It's very close-minded of you. But um, I'll just say yeah. this. These same people defend Austin Matthews. But anyways, what he did. Yeah, but anyways, I wasn't even going to. No. Like, I'm not no. even going to get into it, bro. I don't either. It. But it's I just. I want to get hashtag canceled. <laughs> PJ's cast canceled? PJ's cast canceled. 
You wow. canceled my uwu because they fucking called him a Trump supporter, yeah. even though he probably fucking is. What is it? What's the <laughs> what's the saying? Everything to fit their narrative, regardless of what side of your what side you're on. But uh, anyways, enough about that. Let's get into uh, uh, our uh, Eastern Conference uh, division previews, predictions, blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're gonna do the the Atlantic Division first. So we did have a few interviews with uh, people, like f- so we had Mike Stevens on to do kind of Toronto. Then I had my friend Jacob on to do Buffalo, and then we had Brad on to do Detroit. But so we're gonna give our official predictions now. And do you want to go first or? Uh, I'm gonna let you go first. All right, I'm- yeah, I'm kind of doing this on the fly as well. Oh yeah, no, I didn't but, know what we were at. Like, are we doing just rankings of like what we think the division's going to be, or just like? Yeah, we can kind of do both. Kind of go through it. So, okay, I, I have Buffalo last <laughs> because sorry, like, have you seen their goalies? <laughs> yeah, the same thing with Arizona. Have you seen their? It's like Hutton and I don't even remember the other guy. <laughs> That's not good. This is going to be worse than the McEichel year in terms of bad teams. I think. Watch Edmonton miss the playoffs and like. <laughs> And get and get oh, because they're gonna right. trade for Dylan Strong. Don't worry. Wow, for uh, for <laughs> for, oh, man, for I'm Evan Bouchard, yeah. <laughs> Not oh, Philip Broberg, buddy. Come on now, Philip Broberg, who got taken got over that, Trevor got that ceiling that Stan Bowman likes. <laughs> he can he can skate. Um, <laughs> uh, number seven, I have the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, I think they're going to be better than they were last year, but they were also not good last year. So <laughs> uh, number six, I don't know if this will surprise you, or, but uh, I have Montreal at six. I think they're going to take a big step back because okay. had they played a full 82 game season, they don't even make the playoffs in the Canadian division. And obviously they had that run to the Stanley cup final, but price is out. I forget for how long Weber's out forget for how long uh jonathan drew is back which i'm i'm cheering on for him. i really hope he does well after what he's had to battle with but you lost to know who was a big part of that team going to the Stanley Cup final yes he didn't score a ton but just the way he played that defensive two-way game was huge of the, the canadians and i think they lost a lot of that um cockney gone I, not that it's a huge loss but that's that's another center that's gone you got dvorak i like dvorak he kind of uh replaces that that a Dano, but like you just look suzuki dvorak and well who else plays center there you know jake evans yeah jake evans is good uh they signed <laughs> I'm to just, a, I'm yeah. Naming yeah. I don't, i'm trying to actually yeah think, I don't know. um oh sorry i forgot about ryan paling <laughs> <laughs> he scored a hat trick once in the final game of the Matthews, regular season <laughs> yeah um but no, but they did sign Jake Evans to a three-year contract extension, so clearly they must see something in him. But I don't know. I think I think Montreal takes a big step back, and it, I shouldn't say a big step back, but I just feel like they're not as good as these other teams in the division. Expectations will definitely be tampered. Yeah, um, I think the Atlantic Division is the best division in hockey. Like just going through all of it. Um, number five, I have the Ottawa Senators. I'm very high on them. I think they're going to take a big step this year. Uh, you brought, you brought up so many times, like Matt Murray can't be that bad. They just have so many young players. Like their young players are going to take steps. Josh Norris is going to be even better. Tim Schutz is going to be even better. Same with Brady Kachuk. I think they're going to surprise a lot of teams. They're a pain in the ass to play against. I don't think, and ultimately I don't think they make the playoffs, but they're going to, it's going to, it's going to be at least close. Uh, number four, I'm going to go the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, 
I they're still going to be in the battle for a playoff spot, but it's going to be tough for them. And that might even be a good thing for them because I feel like they kind of coasted through last year. They had it too easy. They've coasted might, through the last four years. For yeah. Since maybe, the wild card. Since Because, mm-hmm. I mean, that's how the Atlantic – sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. But that's just Oh, no worries. Yeah, it was, was like Tampa, Boston, Toronto. That's what the top three was. So mm-hmm. you ca- they kind of knew. But, like, there's a lot of unknowns this year. Is Jack Campbell going to repeat what he did? I still think they're, they're – regardless of what you think of someone like Mitch Marner, he's going to put up the points in the regular season. It's really just a matter of what they do in the playoffs. I think their defense is okay. They're they're a good team. The thing is, they're just look at the teams that are ahead of them. I think they're better. Um, I yeah. So I have them at number four. Um, number three, I have the Boston Bruins. They're kind of like the Pittsburgh Penguins, where you look at them this and you're like, this has to be the year. They're old and they've lost David Krejci to Karaska is going to play, but you don't bet against the Boston Bruins. So I have them at number three that Bruce Cassidy is one of the best coaches in the NHL. They still have their top line intact. Taylor Hall is going to be there for a full year. I think Linus Olmark is going to do fine. And yeah, I have them at number three. Number two, I have the Florida Panthers. I think they're going to be neck and neck with Tampa Bay, who obviously is my first. There's no surprise there. But I think them them and uh, Tampa are going to be neck and neck. And I think we could see a hell of a second round series between those two. Um yeah, I, I really like what Florida's done. Um, Spencer Knight's going to be a year older. Hopefully he can take that step. Maybe Bobrovsky could be at least competent. Uh, they're going to have Ekblad back. Uh, they're, they're just, they're just going to have a full year with all these guys. Sam Reinhardt as well. Like I've, I've just like, I've liked what they've done in Tampa Bay. Like I don't even need to say anything about them. They lost a whole line, but they're still, I would, I would even say they're still the best team in the NHL just because they have all those pieces intact. It's the core. It's like the Hawks yeah. used to be. They got the core, and that's all that matters. Um, got I, the best I, goalie, arguably the best defenseman, and like arguably the best winger. Like you know, yeah, it's, it doesn't get much. Plus, you got you got Braden Point and Anthony Sorelli and Stan, Steven Stamkos. Says, you're fine. Like you're when fine. Steven Stamkos becomes an afterthought. That's a problem. Exactly, <laughs> that's all yeah. I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I honestly almost 100% agree with your rankings for the Atlantic Division. But I got, what's what's but the I got Buffalo in first. Let me oh tell you. Oh my god. Casey Middlestead. Oh, we got to stop it. Uh, text from Jimmy. <laughs> fuck, 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 fuck. I'm fuck. so sorry, guys. <laughs> That's definitely the name of the podcast. <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. But, um, yes. Yeah, so, Maybe another time, Jimbo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I got Buffalo at eight just because. First? I mean, no. no. Yeah, first, bro. Uh, I just, yeah, man, it's going to be a rough year for Buffalo. I feel bad for their fans. Uh, at least they got the Bills. At least they got the Bills. The Bills are good <laughs> this year. So there's always some positives and something. So that's good. Uh, Detroit's going to be in seventh, unfortunately. I, Rana's injury really doesn't help, I think. I, you know what? If. It, now that I'm starting to think about it, there could be a world where they could be sixth if everything goes right for them. But it, it, there's a lot that has to go right, I think. And, mm-hmm. and that involves around like maybe Nandelkovich taking that next step. You're going to have to have Zadina take that next step. You're going to have guys like Cider and Raymond have to take Which a step. is entirely possible. Exactly. Which is that, which, which is that, that, that division is so good, though. Exactly. It's a big, it's a, it's a tall ask. Let's just put it that way. But, um, I, you know, Detroit is definitely going to be a team that, it's kind of like Ottawa last year. You can't count them out as an easy win. They're not a, they're not I was going to say they're not an easy win. I would yeah, say they're not going to be a pushover. 
Uh, I agree with you. Montreal's is going to be sixth. I don't know. Price is, I think Price is sick right now. So he's not even going to be ready opening night. No. And they just picked up Montembeau off waivers. Oh, yeah. So I saw that. They really must be concerned with their goaltending death. I mean, they have Primo and Allen. But yeah, you don't go out and get him if, like, yeah, you're... you have to be at least somewhat concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, like you said, I don't trust their center depth. Like you said, there's only two guys. Um, they did Suzuki up, and like, Dvorak are great, by the way, but who mm-hmm. else? Who else after that? They, they kind of remind me of the way Montreal used to be in a way, because they're going to have a lot of scoring on the wings, I think. Like, Mike Hoffman was a very, like, quiet pickup by them. Like, so that's a lot of empty calorie goals. That could Didn't he not even like pass the, uh, what's it called, the physical or something like that? Like, I know there's some issue oh, I don't there. Know. I, I, I have no I, idea. I don't know. So many stuff. So much stuff has happened. Yeah. Whatever. I, I, I mean, if that's the case, then shit, that's a problem in itself, too. That's another reason why they should be sixth. Um, and I, their back end is going to be a little concerning without Webb. I think uh, maybe Romanoff takes a step or something. I mean, Petrie's proven he could be that guy. So, well, you never know. Yeah. But uh, I think it's Stanley. It wouldn't Rivers. surprise me if they like squeak in a wild card and then go on yeah. and went around, you know? <laughs> but yeah, I just, but, I, like, yeah. Literally, I the last it. two years they made the playoffs were because of just an expanded. They played in the division where everyone stunk. Yeah, it was because of COVID, I feel. Like a lot of that had they're, to, they're was a big stay. factor. Yeah, a full uh, 82 game season in that that hard of a division. It's not even that they're happening. necessarily a bad team, but they took a step backwards. But it's the competition is again, it's so great there. Continue with your list. Wait, what the hell? Hold on one second. Uh okay. You all good? Yeah, is my mic working? It just oh you're fine. Yeah, you were cutting okay. out a bit, but you're you're good. Okay, yeah. Um for the five seed, I would definitely like say the Sens just because I, I mean, like I said, Matt Murray can't be as bad as I thought he was. Uh, the forward core is going to be fine. I think that Artem Zub takes another step defensively with That's Thomas Shabbat. Right, baby. Uh, I maybe someone comes out of that defensive core and steps up that we don't even know about like yet. Bernard I, Docker, I think he might play. I don't know. I that don't would know. be sick. Um, it, it just comes down to if they could stay healthy, get Kachuk signed. And gets get kind of get the top six rolling because I think their top six can surprise some people for sure. Uh, just and, and they're going to be competitive every night. DJ DJ Smith, that team plays hard under DJ Smith, and that's very underrated for teams that are kind of like Ottawa. If you play hard every night, like Montreal showed it this last year, if you at least give a shit every night, you're going to win some hockey games. So that that's kind of where I am with Ottawa right now. Uh, <laughs> part of me really wants to put Boston as the four seed, and I think I'm going to. Um, I don't trust Olmark. I don't like, I get it. He played really well in, uh, Buffalo last year, but he is, it's going to be a tall ask out of Olmark. He's the guy now, Like he's got to be the guy at least till Rask gets healthy in like January. And like, even then they're probably gonna have to still lean on him a really good amount. Uh, Swayman's their backup, I think. Right. Swayman's only played so many games, so you have to hope he takes a step. Um, I still have preached about how I think David Krejci is a big loss for this team. Oh, 100%. Uh, they they yeah. extended Charlie Coyle a couple years ago for him to try to fill that role, and he's never mm-hmm. been able to. And I, I don't – maybe Eric Halla fills it temporarily, but I just okay, – they're also part of me that says, okay, they got like guys like Felino who are definitely going to help this team in, in terms of depth, and then uh, their defense is still good. So that's kind of where I am. Goaltending is my biggest concern with them. I mean, you know what? No, fuck that. We're putting the Leafs below them. No, because now I'm trying. Now I'm starting to think. I feel like because Leafs are kind of in that same boat. Like their goaltending is somewhat of a question mark. And I feel like with but Boston, part of me also 
Sorry. I, I was just, just going to say Boston deserves the benefit of the doubt at, at this point. Yeah, Boston's great defensively, but then part of me was like the Leafs were also third in the league defense in like all, most defensive metrics last year. Like they were a great five on five team last year. And that's something that the Leafs teams the previous years lacked. And I feel like they kept a lot of the guys that were good or that kind of drove that play five on five. Like I don't think replace, like when you think about it at the end of the day, like yeah, Zach Hyman's going to be a huge loss, I think, for this team. But that's that's going to get filled eventually throughout the year in some one way or another. And they have a lot of low-risk, high-reward guys, and if, at least one or two of those guys live up to the potential. David like, Camp. Yeah, no, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, Michael, like, Michael Bunting, Andre Kasha. Like, if one of those guys, like, ends up being Hosang, something, that could Gusev. be huge. Yeah, Hosang might make this team. Um, their defense is still basically identical to last year. They lost Bogosian, but I would think a guy like Sandy or Lilligren probably jumps in. Um, finally, um, yeah. and I, I have faith that Campbell can do it again, honestly, because that team was very okay, good defensively yeah. last year. That's just my big thing with the Leafs, but they'll be in the new division this year. So we'll see They're, them in Boston are kind of a flip flop for me right now. And then, uh, I got Tampa too, actually. Yeah, um, I was, I, I feel like them and Ta- and uh, Florida are interchangeable. Like I think both mm-hmm. of them are going to be at one and two, the Florida. Yeah. Teams. I obviously Kutrov's going to be here. So that's going to be a huge difference, but I feel like they're going to have a point this year where mate, like kind of like how the Hawks used to do back in the day, they're just going to have a point where they're going to have that like, Stanley cup hangover for a little bit. And it usually comes early in the year, but um, you know, it's going to be some time trying to work the kinks in that bottom six. I think they're, they did lose a like, whole third line, which was their shutdown line. So I, I do think, like I said, on the last show, I think guys like Matthew Joseph and them are just going to step right into Corey goal, but... Perry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> but uh, it'll just take time. And I, and I, yeah, I mean, I, they could easily be the one seed if they're Tampa, because they're just lightning good on everything else. Lightning good. <laughs> I hate myself. They're just really <laughs> fucking good on everything else. Is that and, the podcast um, name? Lightning good. <laughs> Jesus, that might be. Um... <laughs> But yeah, I could easily see him in the one seed. I just, as of right now, I kind of like Florida's depth more strictly because their bottom six is really good. And it's a very big bottom six. It's, It's a very skilled bottom six. It's a great mix of youth and veteran depth. Uh, the biggest concern for me personally is can Brandon Montour live up to what he did in like the little Mm. stint he had at the end of last year. That's the biggest concern. Um, but Eric, like you said, Ekblad's going to be back, which is going to be huge for them because he was on, like uh, our buddy on the show, Charles, always says uh, he probably would have been a Norris finalist last year oh, with the way he was playing. Yeah. Um, I I just don't think Sergei Bobrovsky is going to be the, as bad as he was last year, no. like at least not <laughs> sub 900 bad. And then if Spencer Knight can live up to what he was last year, that's going to be huge. Dude, if he's like a 9-15 and Bobrovsky like a 9-10, like, yeah. like I think they'll be all that right. That team can outscore. They're going to score. Exactly. They're going to score goals. Yeah. And, I mean, the top six is goofy when you think about it. Like, yeah, it's Barkoff, Huberdo, you got freaking Sam Bennett, Sam Reinhardt, Patrick Hornquist, Owen Tippett. Like I, Anton Lundell might get a look. They have Joe Thornton right. on that team, which like I always <laughs> I forget about. about I always forget they have Joe Thornton now. Um, like they just have. They still got like guys like Frank Bertrano. Like they're gonna be a problem, I think. And I feel like this is the year they put the league on notice. And if they don't, then I will eat my words. But <sighs> yep. I think either That's way, we're gonna get a we're gonna get an amazing Florida Tampa second round. God, I hope so. 
and I hope everyone's healthy because like no Ekblad sucks. <laughs> unless they lose in the unless they lose in the second, or they both lose in the first round, then we have Toronto and Boston in the second round. <laughs> I, yeah, that would be funny. But then that would that would mean Toronto has, actually has to get past the first round. You know, uh, there's a lot of ifs that just I don't think could happen in this situation, in this scenario. But um, oh yeah, I'm I'm excited to watch. And also, uh, the big thing with last year in the playoffs with uh, Florida is. <laughs> Uh, Mackenzie Weger doesn't have to be put in the number one defenseman. Role no, but he's good. Like he, he could be in that role, but you, if that's it, like you, yeah, you don't have depth. Like you need Ekblad, man. Hundred uh-huh. percent. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the Atlantic Division. I think it's I think it's the best division in hockey because j- just you could like just the two Tampa Bay or the two sorry the two Florida teams are there, and that's good enough. And then. Toronto and Boston are still very good. Like if you put them in the central and the Pacific, like they're, they're, they're in, they're no, like they're in a divisional spot, but, and then you got like teams like Ottawa, Montreal, they're not bad teams. Are they great teams? Well, no, they're still very competitive teams. And honestly, it wouldn't even surprise me if one of them like snuck into a final wild, wild card spot or something. Cause looking at the metropolitan, like we, we, we've seen the Pacific and the central division, but I feel like the metropolitan is the most wide open. And the like, I don't, cause I feel like no team took like such a giant step. You know, um, yeah. I feel like the Rangers could have been that team, but then like they, they're probably will take a big step just because they have young players, but then they add guys like Barclay Gaudreau and Ryan Reeves. It's just, I don't, I don't know about that. And Carolina, right. they're weird because I feel like they took a little bit of a step backwards, even though they have a like a, <laughs> like they still have a very good team, but then the Islanders, I think they're good. They're they hell. They might even win a cup, but I just don't know. They're a playoff team, you know. Like I don't think they're much of a regular season team, and it's they're, just a, they're the only team that's taken Tampa to their limit the last two years. I'll yeah. say that much. Oh, definitely. I wouldn't even surprise me if they came back and beat Tampa. Like if if there's gonna be a team that beats Tampa, I think it's the Islanders. They were a goal away last year without Anders Lee. I was gonna like, say that if they have Anders Lee, who knows? Who, who knows? knows? Yeah. And I think they'd be Montreal if they go to the Cup final. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, thank God that didn't happen. <laughs> Imagine Islanders in Montreal in the final. That I we were joking about that, and you were trying to speak that into existence oh, so it was, hard. It was, for it was, it was couple weeks. It was too, it was too close for comfort. I'll say that. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was oh, that would have been so bad. But uh, one thing I will say about the Metro is it's kind of like a changing of the guard almost. Like yeah, because I wanted to, I also wanted to bring up like Washington Pittsburgh. Yeah, they're. They're probably gonna make the playoffs, but they're both very, very old teams. You look at Pittsburgh. I think Washington's the oldest team in the NHL. Not that that really has to do with anything, but yeah, their retirement home. Um, I saw that. I saw this tweet. It's like good thing that uh, they that Washington got all the vaccinations with all the elders on their team, <laughs> which which is funny. Um, Pittsburgh does not have Crosby and Malkin, and I'd never want to bet against them. But if there's a year if they're gonna miss the playoffs, it's probably this one. And then, what the hell is Philadelphia and? You know, it's just so many question marks in that division mm-hmm. to me. Um, I, I guess I'll go through my rankings unless you want to go first. I can go first again. Okay, yeah. yeah. I think eighth is going to be Columbus. Uh, they they should be tanking. They have obviously Adam Boakfist. Like I, I like what they did this off season. I even saw Cole Sillinger might make the team. Um, just get all your gun guys some time. Still have some two decent goalies. Like you still have Zach Rent. Like I don't think it's gonna be. Off. They're not gonna be Buffalo or Arizona bad. So 
there's that. I still think they're going to be relatively competitive. Number seven, I have the Philadelphia Flyers because I just don't know what the hell they are. <laughs> they're so they are the biggest question mark to me. They could be they could go to first and I would not be surprised. They could finish last and I would not be surprised. I don't know what the oh, hell they're going to be. I'm pretty sure I even made the prediction that they would be in the like they would be in like a lottery team. It wouldn't surprise me. Like they could go on when two rounds and I would not be surprised they could finish last and be drafting Shane Wright. And I would not be surprised. I don't God, know what that would be, the... so... be peak Philly. Like, honestly, I don't know what the hell they are. So I'm just going to place them seventh. Um, I have the New Jersey Devils ahead of them. I think, I think they're actually going to be a team that surprises a few people. I really like their additions. Uh, Jonathan Bernier, especially now with everything going on with uh, Blackwood, that's going to help a lot. Um, Dougie Hamilton on their defense is going to help a lot. Jack Hughes is a year older. Nico Huescher is going to be back. I'm Young guys like Holtz and Mercer are going to be on their team. Thomas Tatar is a good pickup. Like, I feel like they can be they're, – they're not an easy win. I think they're competitive. I don't th- ultimately, I don't think they make the playoffs, but I really like what they're building going forward. Um, <laughs> this is so difficult because it's just such a. Such it a becomes clump. a crapshoot. Yeah, it's such a clump of teams. It's like who the fuck is where, and oh man, like <laughs> I really don't want to bet against Pittsburgh making the playoffs. But just looking at it right now, I don't think they make it in. I'm. I'm. I know I'm going to eat crow. Always bet against Sidney Crosby when he's not playing. Yeah, exactly. That's always a good time to bet against him. <laughs> but it's just. It's gonna happen. It's gotta happen. <laughs> it has to happen one year. And if it's gonna be this year, like you, Crosby's and, out, Malkin's out, and Gensel is out for COVID now. Like, are you telling me Tristan Jari is gonna lead this team? Christian sub nine hundred yeah. save percentage Jari. Tristan Jari Woo! handed the puck right to Josh Bailey. <laughs> they got Tristan Jari and the wife beater. Oh my god! Yeah, I just. I'm sorry. I, 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 I'm I totally expecting Pittsburgh to make the playoffs now, but for now, I'm just going to place Pittsburgh at fifth. Uh, number four, I saw the Washington Capitals. Uh, I'm not – I think they're a good regular season team. I think they could sneak in, but uh, number three, I have the uh, – I'm trying to I'm, – I'm, I'm trying to keep track of, like, the teams that are in it. I want to go with the New York Islanders. Um, again, I said they're mostly built for the playoffs. I don't think they're going to like impress in the regular season, but they're going to be a team that wins at least around. Um, number two, I have the New York Rangers. Uh, I think they're going to take a big step just because I think Gerard Gallant's going to do a lot with that team. And I wasn't a big fan of the moves they made, like signing your draw to six years and then giving up a third round pick for Ryan Reeves. But by default, guys like Adam Fox is going to be even better. Igor Shostrykin is going to be even better. Um, same with Lafreniere. Same with Ka- they just have so many young pieces that I like that I think they could be that young team that makes it. And then number one, I have Carolina. Um, again, this division is just so crazy. You could put like a, a like a team. You could put Philadelphia for somebody. Like okay, I understand that. But Carolina, they they're going to get decent goaltending though. They're going to get decent offense. So they're still going to get decent. Uh, de- like they just have a solid all around team. I don't think they're as good as last year, but I don't think the Metro division is as good as last year. So yeah, that's my Metropolitan division. And that's, pro- <laughs> that's probably the one I'm least confident on because it's just so, there's so many fucking question marks. Like oh, yeah. I'm only, I'm only sure about Columbus and <laughs> Yeah. That, that's kind of where I am right now too. I've been going through the cap friendly while you've been, discussing trying to like look at some of these rosters because like injuries are definitely going to be a toll in what I'm picking right now because so like obviously eights Columbus I there could be a world where they shock and their goaltending does well and oh, you know, they get some yeah. kind of scoring depth but I just don't see it happening no 
Um, seven. I, you know what? Just to be safe, because I think it's going to be this much of a crapshoot, I'm just going to go with the Devils at seven. Because yeah. I feel like it's going to be a lot of teams at the same point range this year. So I'm going to put them at seven for now. Here's where the hot takes start coming. I'm putting the Washington Capitals at six. Yeah, I I don't know about them. Like I I I might even swap them with Pittsburgh, but like it's you just look at Pittsburgh right now. They have nobody. <laughs> so here's here's oh my, my biggest problem with Washington right now, and they've shown this problem. Like Capitals fans won't like to admit it, but they've shown this problem at least in my opinion the last few years. They cannot they the lose a piece in that top six. That is just their biggest concern to me right now. They've lost Backstrom already. And when you lose, right. like, you can't lose Backstrom or Ovechkin because when you take one of them out in the lineup, that team does not look menacing whatsoever. I was just looking at their forward core, and if Nicholas Backstrom's out, you're either relying on Connor McMichael or Hendrix Lapierre to just freaking be good right out the gate as like a 19 year old, 19, 20 year old, which in like top six minutes, or you're putting Lars Eller at second line center, which Lars Eller's a fine player. He's just not that guy. He's not a 50 He's not that player. guy, pal. Trust me. He's not that Quite guy. Quite literally. You're <laughs> banking on Anthony Mantha to finally tap into his potential. Who knows if he does? Like, everyone's always like, Brad Crisco literally said he thought he could be a 90-point player at one point in his, in, in his development. But, you know, he's never shown it. You you are banking on Kuznetsov bouncing back and at this rate. I mean, he's shown at times he could be the 82-point player. He's shown at times he could be a 40-point player. Which one are you going to get? And I mean, you still have your staples. The power play is okay. Still, you got Oshi, you got Ovechkin. You, I don't know why I named Oshi first. You got Ovechkin, yeah. you got Oshi, you got Carlson. Still going to put up points. Uh, Caps fans would like to admit it, but Brendan and Dylan was pretty good five on five for him. And I think losing that's not going to be. Oh, it's going to be Dylan Schmidt in Winnipeg, so it all worked out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I just their defense concerns me, and. Uh, I'm I mean, so I, I, Samsonov could be good. I yeah. just don't know how Samsonov's going to do in a full 82 game season. He has never done that yet. His first season as the starter was last year and he missed time for COVID. So he didn't really have a full season as a starter. And even if he did, it wouldn't be a full season of games. So I'm the Capitals over an 82 game season are just the biggest concern to me. They could be as good as a two seed in my eyes, or they could be as bad as a seven seed. It just depends That's the on thing. there's such a wide range of what these teams in the division could be. Mm-hmm. No, I agree, hundred percent. And then I put the Flyers just a hair above them, just strictly off of scoring depth. I think the Flyers are just way too deep in offense to not be at least a six seed this year. Um, on in the Metro, that is not in the conference. But I mean, like, did you see the tweet where it's like, "Oh, Rasmus just aligned and was only bad because he was in Buffalo," and then it was like Rasmus just aligned, like he's trying to block a shot with his leg in the oh air. I'm just God. like, oh man. <laughs> but like. I mean, like, there's a couple of, like, pickups I like from them under the radar. I really liked Keith Yandel strictly as, like, a power play quarterback for, like, under a mil. thought that was a good pickup. Um, I I don't think Carter Hart's going to be sub-900. Like, I, I just don't think that's going to happen again. Um, I hope – Martin Jones is obviously the biggest concern there. And if that doesn't work out, that doesn't work out. Cam Atkinson, if he can get going, that'll be huge for him. Uh I, I like Philly's deep at forward. That's just always my thing with them. They can score. It's just, can they keep the puck out of their own net? And that's what, that's what it's been the last couple of years. And also it's Philly voodoo. So, I mean, it's an even year. They're going to make the playoffs. So that's, what that's I know. I, I don't know what to make of that. It's like them and the Vikings. They always do this. Like the Vikings in football do this all the time. It's like odd years. They stink. Even years are good. But um, so like it's like people always joke about voodoo is not a thing. But then you look at stuff like that. And it's like, hmm, okay. But um, 
yeah, five seed I got or five seed I got Pittsburgh just because I think once Crosby at least gets back, they'll be serviceable. Like they've proven in time. It, it, I I could easily put them really low too, but at the same time, or I, I think Pittsburgh before then, right? Because I put Philly five, Washington. Yeah. Six. Yeah, sorry, I'm I'm off a little. Oh no, no, I'm all over yeah, the place I'm off too. A yeah. Pittsburgh four, just because I think their scoring depth maybe is a little bit better this year. Like I if Gensel's out a long time of COVID or has COVID symptoms hope, or something I'm hoping for a while. Yeah, hopefully so. not, but that's gonna be a huge problem. Like I said, Pittsburgh, you could easily swap like as low as seven if the injuries are worse than they are predicted to be. But I just think if Sidney Crosby gets at least seven, 60 games with this team, they can't miss the playoffs. Like they'll just they'll find a way. Like you said, they always find a way. And even if that's the last spot in the East, they will find a way. And then the top three, I get, I went Rangers at three because I think they picked up a lot of sand, like kind of like what Tyler Johnson said about the Hawks in a way. They picked up more sandpaper and they got a lot of skill in that lineup. And I think Lexi Lafreniere was really coming into his own at the end of last year. Capo Caco was coming into his own. Just the puck wasn't going in. Uh, top six is going to be healthy again, hopefully. I don't think – like. Depends on what's Mika Zibanejad you get, obviously. Are you going to get the one that scored 41 goals in 70 games, or are you going to get the one you got last year? One person we haven't even brought up when we both talked about the Rangers are Temi Panarin. <laughs> I don't think we need to bring him up. I think no, we know we he's a lock for like 90 yeah. points this year. And then uh, their defense is uh, fine, I think. I think yeah, Zach, the, Jones, Zach Jones is going to be interesting. I think is his name on defense. The best Jones in the NHL? Hmm? Um, no, they have the running Norris trophy winner. I really think uh, Keandre Miller's going to take a step. I think they have Nils Lungfist playing too, another first-round yeah. pick. And like having a young defenseman like that will help with guys like Truba, who I haven't really lived up to their contract yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I just see them taking a step with kind of how stagnant the Metro is going to be. Like uh, If someone's gonna 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 going to capitalize on it, it's them. the Rangers. Yeah, and coaching is a huge factor in this too. You, like You're 100% right. Some of these guys are going to get out-coached. But uh, two-seed, I'm going Carolina. I don't – I don't know. Carolina could be a one seed, obviously. They have enough offense. I just – I really like the Islanders this year. Like, I, I – unless Sorokin and Varlamov fall off a cliff, which Islanders goaltending will, that's not going to happen. If it does, I'll – you know, I'll eat my words. But I just think the Islanders are right now the best team in the Metropolitan Barry Division. Barry trots. Barry At least the trots. most – Let's put it this way. They're the most consistent team in the Metropolitan Division. And consistency is what's going to win you this division. I have them third, but I know they're the one team in that division that's an absolute lock to make it to the playoffs. They're a lock in my yeah. eyes. And if they and if they miss, it's because either there's injuries that they could not uh handle like like if like Matt Barzell and Adam Pellet get hurt, they're fucked probably. But like I don't know, man. That team's deep. Knowing they can roll three Barry lines. Trotz is going to find a way to put Chara on the first pairing and then like Eric Gustafson on the second pairing and get decent results out of them because it's Barry oh, yeah. Trotz. He's going to make Eric Gustafson like a 40 point. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I'm going to be so wrong with these picks just because the Metro is just. Such oh, a I'm not confident in my picks at all. And the, like the, my most confident pick right now, sorry. My most confident pick are my, my New York teams. I think the Rangers are legitimately going to be the three seed, and I think the Islanders are going to be the one seed. But That'd everything nice else, playoff series. Crap shoot. I don't know what the fuck else is going to happen. Yeah, the most pick I'm confident in, the most confident in is Columbus at eight. Like, yeah. and I'm not even, even that one. Yeah. Like, I don't think it'd be seven for all I know. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. They, their goaltending is not as bad as people like. No. I think they both their goalies were at least a 915 last year. They just couldn't score goals, and that's always the problem with Columbus. So, yeah. I don't know. 
I can't wait to be so wrong about Washington and their president's trophy win. No, they're they're it wouldn't surprise me if they go. The thing is they're it's such there's such a range, but like the points, like it's gonna be so thin. Like I, I have Philadelphia, matter. I feel I I have Philadelphia at seven, but I'm not saying they're a shit team. Like they could get 90 points. That's how close that division is, you know. They might mm-hmm. even only miss the playoffs by a few points and they'd be seven. You know, that's how close it is. My concern is um so I don't know if you remember how the 2017, 2018 playoffs kind of played out with the seeding and whatnot, but uh, I think the Atlantic could end up being what that was the Metro was that year where it's just four teams are already locked for the whole year. And one of the teams in the Atlantic is going to have to be a wild card, but they're going to be a really fucking good wild card. And the Metro is going to be one of those divisions where, I don't know. How do I put this? Kind of like how the Pacific was with Vegas in a way where, or besides Vegas, where everyone's really close. Like, I feel like it's going to be a lot of teams. Like the the top team could probably have like 105 points. I think that's how close I think the division is going to be. And like the worst team could have like 70 ish. Like they, it's not going to be a bad division whatsoever. Like, how, like what, like what, what we were saying with like other divisions, like you know, we have Arizona in our division that should be penciled in as a win every there's time. There's Buffalo in the Atlantic, and then there's Anaheim in the Pacific. <laughs> exactly. There's there's teams you could pencil in wins for, and I don't think you can pencil in wins for a single team in the Atlanta, or the match. No, you're gonna like, have to guys, play your best game every night. Yeah, win. like I don't think Columbus is gonna be great, but it's not an easy win. Columbus is still gonna time. give a shit. Like, yeah. I don't think Patrick Line is gonna be as bad as he was last year. Like. Patrick Lyon should be glued to Jacob Voracek, and it looks like that's what they're doing right now. Excuse me. That's what they're doing right now. I don't Good. know. Yeah, this division is just going to be a shit show. I can't wait to be so wrong about these. So, for I have a wild card coming out of each division. So, I don't, I, in this, I don't think Pittsburgh makes the playoffs, but that's only because all the injuries they have. Like, but I know Crosby's going to come back and get like two points per game because that's usually how it works. So I'm I'm ready to probably eat crow have, on that. Yeah, I'd probably have one of Pittsburgh, Washington, or Philly getting that wild card spot though. Like I just don't know which one it's going to be. Well, like Washington, like I said, Washington. If Baxter's not out that long, they'll they'll be fine. And if Samsonov can prove he's the guy, they'll be fine. But it, I'm it's Pittsburgh. A lot, of a lot of ifs with a lot of these teams. Like yeah. Pittsburgh, can you get goaltending? Philly, can you get goaltending? Like, it's Washington. Can your defense stop having mental lapses that mm. cost you hockey games? Like, there's a lot of these ifs that have to happen for – can the Rangers actually, you know, be a consistent defensive team that can win night in, night out? Like, there's the only two teams that I feel like there's no – like, even Carolina, there's a couple ifs. Like, how are you going to replace Sonny Hamilton on yeah. that back end? Like, I, I still don't – I mean, and you lost Jake Bean, who could have been a guy as, like, a 5'6". Like, they lost Nadelkovich, who I, for my money is better than Anderson and yeah. Ranta. Oh, goaltending is the biggest concern with Carolina. They got Anderson and Ranta, As two of the that biggest injury problems. I know. I was going to say, not league. even that they're bad. It's just they get injured so often. And who you is their, what? Who's I, their I, third I goalie? I got to look at something up. When was the last time Ronta played 30 games in an NHL season? Oh, man. Like, I don't even know. Has he ever played 30 in a season? I'm genuinely curious because I, I love at least Monty Ronta is a great goaltender when he's yeah. healthy. It's mm-hmm. just. Health has always been a concern with this. He's and like the Andre Kasha of goalies. On honestly, <laughs> just okay. He played thirty three games in Arizona la- the year before, hmm. but and then he he's only played more than thirty games, more than thirty two games twice. Oh boy, his highest is forty. I don't think he is twice. gonna anyways, but like 
Is, is Frederick Anderson going to be able to do that? Anderson as well? can't be the, Anderson's been burned out by Toronto. He can't be that 66 game starter like he was for them a couple years ago. Like we've clearly seen, like we talked about on the podcast many times, you can't start a goalie like 60 games a year unless he's Andre Vasilevsky. Oh, yeah, or exactly. He's on a that's different it. planet. Like that's it. I don't even think you can start Flurry 60 games. No, you can't. Like it. I, I love Flurry, but like he showed the one year he had to start 70 games. The safer center showed it. Like he wasn't, it took a toll. And I, I mean, we've seen it with goalies when they start that many games forever. Like Bobrovsky's shown signs of decline because of it. Braden Holpe, I think, is the best example because yeah. Braden Holpe got the load in mm-hmm. Washington for about five years, and now it's catching up to him. Ben Bishop got the load for a long time, and he also injuries can't caught stay up. Either. <laughs> yeah, that's injuries too. You got a point, but um, yeah, like Jonathan Quick had the miles add up finally on him. Like he was the guy for a long time. I just feel like this. We're getting past the era of having a goalie play the like era. 60 games a year. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and that's a good thing. Yeah, well, Vasilevsky's the freaking outlier. He is just oh, Carey Price. Yeah, Carey Price is the perfect mm-hmm. example, actually. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's my tangent on goalies. Even look at that's Tullet. the whole Metro Division. Yeah, look at Cam Tellwood. I think he played 75 games the year the Oilers made it to the second round, and he... it took him like three years to yeah. get back to form. And now he's a one B because he can't play a full load again. No. And which, by the way, preview of the Central Division, that's my biggest concern with the Wild. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're no. they're not going to have two 930 goalies again. That's just mm-hmm. not happening. No. We'll, well, again, we'll get into that. Um, well, man, what was I going to say? Like, I was gonna, just going back to Pittsburgh. Like, that's the biggest thing. Like, I I don't I bet they're going to get a bunch of Mark Donks and Buds Flutus, but I have zero faith in Tristan Jari. It's Tristan Jari at the end of the day. Yeah, you're right. I hate to say it because he won my Edmonton Oil Kings Memorial Cup back in 2014. It's not easy for me to say, but I'm sorry. He's not a good goalie. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It's like I'm, like, thinking right now. It's like I trust Washington's goaltending more than Pittsburgh's. I trust – I don't think I trust Philly's more. I I trust Columbus's goaltending more. (laughs) They just got scored. Yeah, Columbus is going to be so good when they get foot forward second score, man, because their defense and goaltending, like, they're, they're, it's there. They just need Ken Johnson's need, on the way. Yeah, they need, they need either Ken Johnson's and Cole Sillinger. They're going to get another the top, probably 20 pick this year. Two, two of them. them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <sighs> Unless the Blackhawks miss a playoff by like one point and then win the lottery. Huh? They will. <laughs> I mean, I would really think. I'm sorry. We love the Blackhawks, but like, and we talk about how they could be bad, but I just don't see them being bottom of the barrel back. No, with they will Unless everyone gets hurt. That's no. the only. It's going to. It's really going to have to take some like 12 game losing streak crap like they did in 18, 19. Oh, boy. <sighs> Put it this way, it's easy, it would be easier for them to make the playoffs than to suck that bad. Exactly. That. So, but yeah, enough What's about that? the Blackhawks. Let's talk about. The let's Metro talk about the. Division. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> let's get on to the laughs because I think we're 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 done with uh, the the oh, yeah. uh, the preview and prediction. So. Uh, t- to wrap things up, because we spent a lot of time talking about that, so I have uh, Tampa Bay first, uh, Florida second, then Boston third, and then Toronto fourth. All those teams make the playoffs. And then on to the Metro, I have uh, Carolina first, the Rangers second, Islanders third, and then I have the uh, – fuck, who did I fall? <laughs> I think I had the, the Capitals fourth, I'm pretty sure. I, like, have... I, can't, I can't even keep track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So I had the same four teams for you in the Metro, or not the Metro, the Central. The and then the Metro, I swapped the Caps at the Penguins. Mm. So, oh, okay. I, yeah. yeah, I think the Penguins are just going to pull some voodoo out of their ass second half of the year when everyone's healthy and make the playoffs. So that's that's where my thought process comes on that. But I don't, I do, I almost said don't. I No, I don't have the President's Trophy winner coming out of this conference. Because they're in our division. No, <laughs> I agree with you on that. Um, it's the Blackhawks. It's the black. <laughs> no, it's the Arizona Coyotes. I don't know, man. I don't know. Those St. Louis Blues, they're looking mighty good. With Brandon Sod and James Neal and Tyler Mozak on the same Last a one-timer pass, Mark on Oh, that's Flurry. right. Did you see that whole – you remember that whole play breaking down? It's like Flurry. Oh, I was there. Back. I lived Jones it. lost his ticket. <laughs> I was like, this is the biggest brain fart I've seen in a while. <laughs> Hockey's back. The, <laughs> the, brain back the, the brain fart in the power play. There it yeah. is. <laughs> all right. The moment you've all been waiting for, even though I don't think I brought it up at all. Um, the all or nothing Leafs documentary review, because we have to make it all about the Leafs. The but, what about the la- but what about the laughs? Um. So you watched it the day it came out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched it Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched it. I think it was like Saturday night. And then I think I watched like the first three episodes. And then I watched the final two episodes like Sunday morning. So I, it, I thought it was really good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it gives you such good insight on what like happens. And like, I know the Dangle podcast brought up a few times. I liked how the main characters were or main characters, like the people they focused on were not the players. It was more kind of what happens behind the scenes. Like I, I, I loved how like they showed like the whole waiver claiming process for a player. Cause like that just like, it really does seem like it's just like, Oh, okay. Shit. They actually did claim him. Okay. Like they were like genuinely surprised that Jimmy, Jimmy VC didn't get through waivers. I thought that was funny, but um, I love the insight it gave. And I, all it just made me realize is like the Blackhawks need to allow players to bring their dogs to practice more. Cause that's awesome. <laughs> Austin Matthews' dog is adorable. <laughs> it's so funny because we think of, uh, we just think being a GM is so, so easy because I think most of us are playing like NHL 21, soon to be 22, and it's just like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. But it's not as easy as that. Like, I, I think of my, like, just even as an outside person who's not a general manager, I'd be like, oh, let's, let's, let's just trade a guy. But watching that, it's like that must be so fucking hard. Like Kyle Dewis has such a tough job. Sheldon Keefe has a such 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 a tough tough job. Like, um, it really changed my perspective on Sheldon Keefe because I don't really know much about him. But like, I, oh man, like there was some. Sheldon spe- Keefe doesn't take bullshit. No, he does. Like much. the speed, like the speeches, like got me motivated and like pumped up. Like this, like you know, like this guy, he knows what he's doing. It's just. It, it sucks because I, I felt bad when they lost, you know, like you, you brought it up before we started the show, Jack Campbell, that was so fucking tough seeing him crying when they lost. And it, again, it's an outsider's perspective. So like when you're, when you're watching Toronto versus Montreal, you're, you're probably just thinking, ha ha ha, Toronto lost again. But then you just look at, at the inside of the room. Like most of these guys are very likable guys and they tried their hardest, but well, most of them did. Anyways, uh, we won't name names or anything. But uh, <laughs> um, my favorite part of the whole thing was I'm like I'm almost sure this was after Game Six. He, Kyle Davis took Mitch Martyr into the or like on a oh my god, meeting. that's right. And he was like, "Is everything okay?" And he was like, "Yeah, everything's fine." Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Whatever. 
that, that's the response you give when you're making 10, 10 million dollars and no one can tell you what to do. So um I also thought it was like the first episode where Matthews went under Keith or like basically talked shit about what Keith did against Matthews and McDavid or not Matthews. Yeah, McDavid I remember that, yeah. And then Keith just fucking calls them all mm. out the locker room. He's like, anybody else? <laughs> it's just like, I mean, I mean, Austin wasn't wrong. Clearly you can't just sit back against McDavid. The Hawks have tried that a thousand times. But, what are you um, talking about? We beat them in the qualifying round. <laughs> oh man but i it really it really opens your eyes just to how locker room gels too and how certain aspects of a team are so important like i don't think people will like be like oh well the analytics for joe thornton and wayne simmons are terrible and it's like i promise you if this team didn't have wayne simmons they probably wouldn't give a shit most nights like wayne simmons is the guy who's gonna bite them like nip them in the butt when they need it and fucking actually get some energy on that bench because I, I think it showed a lot in that in that's uh wasn't the first game they were down to Montreal and then Simmons got on the fight and they come back and win. Mm-hmm. And it just shows like and I'm saying like it shows when they're in the locker room and they're just like down. Like they, their top players aren't big voices. And you need big voices in the locker room sometimes to, you know, rally the team up. And Tavares like Tavares does his best at it, but I He's a lead like, by example. He's not gonna yell exactly. Like he's just uh, not that like, kind of person. You don't see guys like Matthews and Marner like this is why, like, for the longest time, I never understood why Morgan Riley is not the captain. Because it seems like Morgan Riley is the most vocal guy on that team at times. Even someone like Jake Muzzin was more vocal than Jake all Jake Muzzin guys. was, yeah, Jake Muzzin was really vocal. Like, Jason Spezza is another Yeah, guy I was going to bring that up. Jason Spezza doesn't surprise me one fucking bit. No, he, they, Toronto doesn't deserve him. At least that yeah. team doesn't deserve like, him. Like, they're so lucky Jason Spezza loves him in Toronto. Oh, my God. That dude could go win a cup in Tampa if he wanted to. <laughs> like, in a heartbeat. And... <laughs> And he's not even a bad player. Like he was on a forty-point pace this year. I think. No, he was like or the I'm last sure, two years or something. I'm pretty sure per sixty, he was like one of the best point like point scores in the wow. NHL. Yeah, it's Jason Spets is still good at hockey. Who would have thought? <laughs> but um, yeah, I love the show. I I hope they do this with another team this I year. I was gonna say I, I wish they did. They do the like do this more. It was so interesting to see mm-hmm. all the insight and not even just like yeah, there's a GM and. Uh, there's the head coaches, all the players, but not just that. Like the families, uh, like the trainers, like like the goal. T- I remember there was one scene with the goalie coach where, um, oh, I, I'm pretty sure it was Campbell. He had like a really bad game. It was Anderson, one of the two, and Keith was like, "We need a we need a fucking save there." And then. And then the, I think it was the goaltending coach, and it's like, yeah, but he went off of Dermot's pants, like or whatever. And then he's like, and then Sheldon Keith goes right up. He's like, "Oh fuck off!" Like there's. Like there's so much tension, but you know they all want to win so bad. And yeah, that's see. I'm curious how many. Well, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like oh, I, I'm curious how many anything. more times that conversation specifically came up with the Leafs this year. Because like the like I said earlier, the Leafs were not a bad defensive team last year. They were very good at suppressing shots five on five, so much to the point that they were letting up like 20 shots a night. So when Anderson would let in like three goals. And like everyone would be like, why the fuck can't you make that save? It's like, okay, it was a two on one, and he's been like, this is all he's seen for the last eight minutes. I don't know, like, it, it's almost like the uh, the Stanley Cup final a couple of years ago where Pekka Rene didn't face a shot for the entire period, oh and God, then first shot he saw, he let in that kind of thing, or like, oh, yeah, but you got to make those saves, and it's like, well, when the only goals he's letting up are like legitimate high danger chances, like obviously Anderson later in the year, that was a different story when he was just letting everything in. But like early on in the year when they were crapping on him, I was just like, guys, it, 
it's a two on one with fucking math or McDavid. Like you can only do so much at some point. What like, do you want him to do? <laughs> like other, the other team gets paid to be good at hockey too. Sometimes that's just the way it is. But yeah, I like the, the, like you said, the back and forth with the coaches was really good. I really like that. Yeah, that was, I, again, I just, I wish they would do this more, but it was so, it was so nice to see it. So refreshing to see it, but it just feels like NHL teams are like, no, we don't, we don't want, and I can understand it. Like I wouldn't want a camera, like just being stuck oh. in like, like into my personal life and then my personal matters, like all the time I'm private, mm-hmm. I was, if I were a private person, I would not like that at all, but it shows it shows the pressures of of in Toronto. Like when you fail, you like it's a horrific fail. But the city if, fails. Yeah, but when when they're gonna win, it's gonna be next level shit. Because yeah, it's a it's a ha- over a half century drought, and all the demons will be erased, and all that history. Well, it won't be erased, but like it'll be forgotten about if you win that one cup. And yeah. It, it, that's the thing with big cities. And I, I've talked about this with friends all the time, but at least like cities like New York and Chicago and stuff, when you win in these cities, you will be loved forever. That is the thing. When statues you, built when, for you. Exactly. When you, like it is, there's not a doubt in my mind, Taves and Kane are going to have statues built for them and they retire. Like they are the, are, they're on Kane's on pace to be the best black of all time. And he, and this city is on a whole nother, like, you can ask anyone. They might not even be Blackhawk fans that much in the city. Ask anyone who the best athlete in the city is. They're going to say Patrick Kane every fucking time. Every fucking time. Because they know championships talk. Championships talk. And that's the Blackhawks could respect. do shit all for the next few years. And they're still going to go down as the greatest of all time in that city. Yeah. And, that's, and a, that's a city that's had Michael Jordan as well. And like, Yeah. Oh. Like, there's a reason no one... Like, my dad doesn't watch the Bulls anymore. Because he can't watch them after Jordan. Like... After like like you can have that level of greatness on a team to where they can they, you can't look at the team the same after that because that's the best they've been. But the problem with the Leafs is they just can't get over that hump, and it's a hundred percent mentally after watching this show. Oh, like, I used to think it was mentally. It's a hundred percent mentally after watching this show. These guys just need like you could tell in like game five they were already in their head, like they were already in their head blowing the lead, blowing the series lead, like. The best soundbite of the whole show is when fucking Galchenyuk turns the puck over in game five. Oh my God. And you just hear Sheldon Keith fucking scream. Fuck yeah. No. And then he knew, you what knew that that whole Everyone series knew was, was over right happen. there. Yeah. And then you just looked at how dejected that locker room was after game five. That's a team that was up three, two in the series still. And they looked like they just lost game seven. Mm-hmm. Like that's a mental thing. That's something you're going to have to get over on your own. And it's, Shit, man. It, 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 everyone likes to compare them to the Capitals, but shit, at least the Caps got over somewhere. <laughs> and they at least got past they the won first a fucking round. round. And, then they, like, and then they ended up winning. Like, but the, yeah, the and they had the excuse of playing fucking Sidney Crosby half the time. You had to face, they, like, every year they faced Pittsburgh in the second round. They would either take them to a game six or seven, and they would go on to win. The or cup, the Rangers you know? when they were really fucking good, mm-hmm. too. That was literally all they used to face. And they would take them to the brink every time. And yeah, they, sometimes they would let up a 5-1 game, but, like, the Caps lost heartbreakers to lose in those rounds. Like, they should have won those games. Like, overtime, it's bounces at that point. What Toronto has never had that benefit of the doubt. In, like, the last three years, they have rolled over and died in the game that they need to literally leave everything on the fucking line in. And I think that says a lot about a team. And I feel like Sheldon Keefe knows that now. Like, he fucking, like, he knew it the whole season. 
Like they were like, oh, the Leafs are off to a good start in the first 10 games or whatever in that show. And then Jelton Keep was like, yeah, but literally all four of these guys have one five on five. I can't like, fucking win that way. I gained <laughs> so much respect from Sheldon Keep because I feel like most of the guys you kind of knew you you had a good idea of what they are. Even Kyle Dubas, it's like, okay, this is mm-hmm. what he's like. But like Sheldon Keefe, like I I maybe it's just because I didn't watch much interviews of him, but like I had gained a whole new respect for him and it, it, it's it's on the players. It's all on the players. Kyle Dewis assembled a great team. Like Sheldon Keefe, he's pouring his heart out for these guys, but they're not they're not giving it. They're not return. paying him. No, and it sucks honestly. And like it, it's a lot of ifs and buts at the end of the day. Like literally, they didn't have John Tavares in that series last year. I feel like they have John Tavares. That's a series is a different story. But then but they won two games ifs without and him. Bots are candy. They won yeah. three without him. Exactly. Like, ugh, I can't. There's, there's I no. Can't. They want. They shut out the the Habs. I'm pretty sure in Game Four. Mm. Like there's, there's no excuse. This no is like this is like the Boston series a couple years ago where they literally played probably their best defensive game I've ever seen them play in Game Five, and then they just laid two eggs after that. Mm-hmm. Or like when they made that crazy ass comeback against Columbus, but they did exactly what they did the game before for the first 58 minutes and just roll over and die. Like we talked about it. We talked about it with Mike Stevens. Like the Hawks never did that. They never rolled over and died in a fucking do or die game. I swear to God, every fucking do or die game was a heartbreaker. The only playoffs where they just went out and did not give a shit all was Nashville, but oh, and Phoenix eh, too. Phoenix, I would say that I'm talking like the elimination game, like that last do or die game is what I mean. Like Nashville, they rolled over and died. Like plain mm-hmm. and simple. After Game Three, where like all that bullshit. Oh, as soon as away. as soon as Fiala got that with T Ball, no, as soon as Forsberg got that no, fucking second true, yeah. goal, I was like, oh, this is all over. They're and not then, actually, back, let's yeah. be honest. When Pecorini swept that fucking puck off the goal line, from Johnny no, it's right. That was Johnny who oh, shot that God. too. It's like you. Uh, that series like, could have been completely no different. That series could have been completely yeah. different. Like, oh my gosh. What enough? I love that. Pass, I, love, I love that we made it with the Blackhawks. <laughs> no, but it, like everyone likes to, but like for the longest time, people were like, oh, well, the Leafs have this core set up, like the Blackhawks did in 0809. It's like, yeah, well, the Blackhawks in 0809 learned what it took to win at the next yeah, level. Yeah, they went to the conference getting, finals and yeah, lost like, to Detroit. There's no comparison here. Anymore. We're a powerhouse then. Like, I just, it says a lot about a team how much they play in that last game, like how much they put into, like, the Leafs have rolled over and died the last three years in the game that it's mattered most. And I just, I can't They have three enough. chances to do it. And it wouldn't even matter if they lost five and six and then won seven. Just, like you yeah. won, you finally exercised the demons, but you didn't. You lost three in a row to the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, you just can't stress it enough. And it's not even just you lost three in a row. You rolled the over and died in it, game yeah. seven. Like they did that in game seven against Boston. They did that in game five against Columbus. Like I just can't stress it enough. That shit sticks with you, and you can't get rid of shit like that. What's the, That's what's, all meant. What's the thing that Adam Wilde said? It would have been less noteworthy had they got swept because the way yes. the Leafs lose is like no other. It, honestly, I feel like the Leafs at this point would have taken an overtime loss over this shit because at least that shows your team at least tried to play a full 60. Like, I don't know, man. All I know is that if the Hawks were up in, or it, let's put it this way, if it was like game seven against the Blues a couple years ago and the Hawks lost 5 nothing, I don't even know what I'd say. Like, honestly, like that would make no sense in my eyes. And the Hawks, at least they'll put everything on the line when they lose. And that's all I'm going to say. But hell, like, it, it, that's the thing with hockey. It's like that series was so fucking close. Like, that could have gone to Chicago so easily. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but like Toronto, so, like they're just flat out losing. Like they're not yeah, even trying. It's not, like, we've it we brought this up so many times. I feel so bad for Nick Felino too. He was struggling with that injury, and you could tell. Mm-hmm. Like it was, and I feel bad because, like, God, the fans were giving him hell when he was yeah. here. And like, you know what the best part about that was actually hearing the trade deadline talk because they said four teams are willing to give a first round pick for Nick Felino. So if any Leafs fan was like, "That's bullshit," no one would give up a first for Felino. Well, for, apparently four teams are willing. Like that, that should tell you a lot about how the trade market works in the NHL. I thought that was pretty interesting. I wish they do a little more of that, but I get why they don't. So no, again, it's just so great seeing insight like that. And yeah, um, it's so funny because I don't know if I brought this up. It's like the Pete Black retreat. It's like, oh, who do we choose, Hall or Felino? And then after that, it's like, oh, we have Hall and Felino. Oh, we got them. <laughs> yeah, for less than what Mitch Marner makes. Oh my god. Yeah, that guy has to step up if they want to win a playoff round. He has I to hope step he does up. Too, he, I, I do too. I don't want to. Like he seems like a good guy. It just, <sighs> oh boy, that's uh, crazy. Whatever. Anyways, that's that's why you watch the regular season to find out, and that's why you watch the playoffs to find out. Yeah, you know? and like you said earlier, I feel like the fact that they're going to be in a tough division and their spots, not hundred percent guaranteed this year. I feel like that's going to help them. If anything, you can't um, take a night off. You know, force them to play with killer instinct. And I think that's what they're locked in. They don't have killer instinct. hundred percent. They do. They, they're, they're the thing they do a lot is they get a big lead and then they just kind of sit on it. <laughs> Ottawa. And, <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, you know, they win most of those games, five, three, five, four, but like you said, there's that time where there's someone's going to be the six, Blackhawks five. Where, I remember Sheldon Keith, another speech where he's like, we're up right now. They, there's no fucking way they should come back in the third period. And you look up back to those Blackhawks teams. Like there was like a record where if they were up, they went five years without giving yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. If you, if they were up in the second period, it was over. You weren't coming back. And not, not only you weren't even, not even that, like you weren't even going to get close either. Like they perfect were, example uh, right now is Tampa. Tampa's like that too. They're, I'm pretty sure they're like 30, you know, in the last like 30 games. And they lead no, that one surprised me. Yeah. Like yeah. they put the clamp down. Winners know how to close out. Like winners close out games. That's all I'm going to say. And it says a lot about your team. If you can close out a game, like, yeah, everyone can occasionally win the 6-3 game. Can you win the 3-1 to one game? Can you win the 3-2 to two game? Can you win the 2-1 to one game? And that's where it comes down to with them. Even so, Tampa had it. that from, like... And look they, what they did they to fix it. it. Yeah. And when they fixed it, they became a great team. That And it's the ability to adapt, like I always say. And Tampa, it took them, like, four years... But they finally knew what they had to do to win, and the big and the big guns made the changes, and they got the depth pieces to make it work. And look what happened. Yeah, and the thing with Tampa Bay, like you lost to Chicago in the Stanley Cup final, you lose to Pittsburgh, lose to Washington, you lose, won the you cup. get shut out back to back. Like you lose to these guys, where like they did, they, they yeah. Tampa would probably be the Lightning's best compare, or Tampa would probably be the least best comparable in terms of just heartbreaking losses because they lost a heartbreaker or not, like because like. That, those two games against Washington and that sweep against Columbus, they definitely all changed the mindset. It wasn't they, like what we thought it was going to be where yeah. that's just going to linger with them. They said, fuck that. We're not going to be that anymore. And the Leafs have not shown any willingness to change their narrative. And that's, you know, we'll see where that takes them. Yep. Again, all you can do is watch. So, yeah, though, I, again, I just wish more NHL teams would do that. It's so interesting to see the insight to NHL teams how you know we kind of like as fans we view them like a lot of 
well not everyone but like a lot of people view them all it's like analytics huh if they they're not good like personalities take into account like there's there's such a human aspect of it like it's hard to trade a, a someone and especially and now they got families like just i guess the i guess i don't know if this is a good term but like the sphere the sphere like in which like everyone's affected it's it's huge yeah there's just a lot more factors there are a lot of people want exactly a lot so many people they just want to win but yeah anyways um yeah uh thank you everyone for tuning in uh dylan it was a pleasure doing this with you hopefully next time uh, jimmy could uh come on and uh, yeah so um next episode will be the uh the uh pacific uh division preview and then the, ne- the next episode after that it will be the uh, central division preview and we'll give a mostly a Chicago, uh, blackhawks uh point of view we'll probably know what their roster is by then but uh, yeah hockey hockey's coming soon it's gonna be it's gonna be a great i think it's gonna be a great year um great year yeah it's, it's gonna be so much very fun wide open there's a there's an all-star break which is weird usually that never happens in the olympics but hey yeah. there's some there's that there's an all-star break there's an olympics and there's and i think the playoffs start in uh I think it's the first of May or something, and then they end at the end of June. Then it's free agency and draft. Like it's gonna, it's gonna fly by. But I think it's gonna be so much fun, and oh, the yeah, Blackhawks are gonna be competitive this year for once or for a while. God, I hope nah, so. I do too. But again, that's play like you do. did in the first period tonight. Every night, you'll be good. Yeah, hopefully, and you know, work on the penalty kill. That'll help. But I uh, uh, hope you all are doing well, uh, staying safe, and. Uh, Again, we're we're recording this Monday night. Like it's it's twelve where you are right now, right? So yeah, mm-hmm. we were, yeah. So this will be up Tuesday morning. So uh, hope you all enjoy your Tuesday out. Peace out.